0: Welcome to Examining Scripture. We seek to encourage believers in Jesus Christ to drink from the Word of Life. As God's revelation to mankind, we want to demystify the Bible and help you find what God has to say about the circumstances you're facing. We're not pastors or theologians. We're sinners just like you, who, by the grace of God, have come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. If we can thirst for Scripture, so can you. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Redd, along with co-host Nancy Carmichael. Thank you for joining us in another episode of Examining Scripture. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining the Searching Scripture podcast. This is Bob Redd here with Nancy Carmichael. Hi, Nancy.
1: Hey, Bob. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, me too. So uh, we've had several um, series of podcasts. The first was sort of searching scripture, talking about, you know, can we trust the Bible? Can we uh, uh, know what God has to say uh, to us? And uh, what is our response to God? And what is uh, our response to our brothers and sisters in the world? And we kind of uh, covered that in the first four podcasts, part of the Immeasurably More series. And then we had another podcast about uh, is another two part series about has God left us? Has God left society? And
1: spoiler alert: the answer is no.
0: Thank you. Yes, and and so we're now kind of moving into a transition phase where uh, I'm going to take more of a lead role, and you're but thankfully and I'm grateful going to continue to be uh, every bit a part of this.
1: I'm your sidekick in this endeavor. So yeah, so what, what's exciting to me? So if if you're wondering like, oh, what are you talking about? The searching the scripture is immeasurably more. So h- here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go to Eastern Hills, ehwc.org slash podcast. And that's where you're gonna find those podcasts. It's under the banner of immeasurably more, which is Eastern Hills podcast and that's what Bob's talking about. We we started a series there talking about the Bible, searching the scriptures, is it just for the professionals? And again, spoiler alert, the answer is no. So that's what we that's what we've been doing. Bob and I have a little bit of podcasting history that goes back to even those crazy COVID days when he was a guest on on my little Isle of Misfits podcast. That's another story for another day. But, um, but yeah, so we, we realized we, we kind of dig doing this, this podcast gig together. So consider this a spinoff, much in the same tradition of Laverne and Shirley spinning off from Happy Days or the Jeffersons spinning off from All in the Family, for those of you who are old enough to remember those two shows. So this is a spinoff podcast called, Bob, take it away.
0: It's called Searching Scripture, and that's a great introduction, Nancy. Yeah, uh, we're excited about that. I am in particular because I consider this very much uh, part of our part of my ministry, uh, as I like to say, finishing well. For those of you who are wondering about those COVID podcasts, I think if you go to your browser and you sk- search Isle of Misfits, you can not only find those, but Nancy's had the ability to... Um, really uh, interview a lot of exciting hosts, uh, some of which are people like Eric McTaxas, uh Dr. Michael Gillum, Gilliam. Wow. And-
1: Texas. yeah, that was a sad story. I almost interviewed him, but we'll talk oh, about
0: that. Oh, oops, oops. Yeah. Ooh, yeah.
1: I- Michael Gilliam, yes, but yes, you're very kind to mention that. Um, yeah, and Ho- uh, we did a Hope series, right? Hope in the Madness. That yeah. was our series that we did back in the day, and that was a lot of fun.
0: It was fun, and I think it was very needed. Uh, for a whole host of reasons yeah so welcome everybody we're really uh, happy and excited to be here and uh, the whole design as nancy said about searching scripture is uh, the thesis to remind everybody is that the bible intimidates believers and this podcast is focused on you who believe are believers in jesus christ and that We're here to encourage you. We're here to talk about the tools that can help you uh, in your search of scripture to go in and to read, actually read from the Bible and find answers about what God has to say about your circumstance. And our thesis is that if Nancy and Bob can do it or non-theologians, non-seminary trained individuals as we are, if we can do it, you can do it. And so we hope this is an encouragement to you. So, Nancy, we were going to talk about technology in this podcast.
1: Ah, my favorite subject. I like <laughs> to think of myself as a low-tech girl in a high-tech world, but I and try. She,
0: and she uses those tools wonderfully. Yeah, and in earlier podcasts, we talked about sort of uh, the beauty of technology in one sense, where uh we talked about this huge thing called a concordance. It was a large book that would hurt somebody if it got hit by it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, and yep.
0: yeah, and so briefly, Nancy, what was a convert concordance?
1: Oh, you're testing me. All right, in yes, layman's terms. All right, since I'm not a theologian, I'll just answer like a like a regular gal. So Concordance, as you said, is, is one of those big books, although you can, they are digital now, so you don't have to drop it on your toes. It's a place you can go. You can look up if you knew, if you want to know, hey, this, this scripture, it's got some words in it. What are the origins of these words? So whether it's Old Testament, you're going to get the Hebrew, New Testament, you're going to basically get Greek, um, and you're going to find out origins of words or phrases and references uh, for just about every word found in the bible of that's right
0: yeah yeah and it'll actually tell you where in the bible that word is used yes that's
1: right and
0: so what we talked about is the beauty of today's technology there are these bible apps and they have in a way a built-in concordance we know it from our days of using web browsers as just the search engine right Right. we type in a keyword or two and say search and it will give us all of those verses in the bible that uh refer to the where those word that word or those words are used, right? Right. Today right. we want to tackle the idea of um AI. And
1: Yeah, AI, AI, AI Oh, yep.
0: Yeah, that so that that acronym stands for obviously for artificial intelligence and um you know what is that about can we trust it should we trust it and uh what should we take from it how we should use it in a positive way And the next podcast we're going to talk about um what are the things that we should be leery of about artificial intelligence right and so nancy not being the technologist maybe i'm probably the one uh That that carries that moniker here in this podcast. I want to give a brief background for people um, because AI is not new; it's just evolving. Well,
1: yes. All right. Can I? I'm gonna. I I am gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna jump in here because this is. I'm the humanities girl. So from my perspective, AI. Yeah. Oh, AI, artificial intelligence. Oh, it's this new thing. We got to. Well, really, no. It's it's not new computers aren't new they've been around for a while i mean computers themselves are artificial intelligence right so yeah. so ai's been around for a long time but what we're talking about now the iteration is it's like next level it's almost like the 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 spin off analogy okay so we started out here and now we're we're spinning off into into the next the next iteration the next level the, we're going deeper so when we talk about ai we're really, as you said, not talking about anything new, but we're talking about advances in artificial intelligence.
0: Yes, that's right. And, and I don't think people realize that when Google launched their browser, um, their search engine was superior and their search engine really was a type of AI, wasn't it?
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it learns, you know, we've learned a lot in the last 10 years about what algorithms are, right? You know, you do a Google search, you do one, I do one. And even you and I, we, you know, we think very similarly in a lot of ways, but you and I are not going to get the same search results because your Google algorithm has learned your preferences. So it's going to spit out what you like. And mine is going to spit out what I like. And someone who's totally opposite in their worldview is going to get a whole different set of, of returns when they do a search. And that's Google learning your preferences. So there you go. That's artificial intelligence, learning something about you and then giving you what you're looking for.
0: That's right. And it's really become, uh, I think, leaps and bounds ahead. Remember the days when you look up a uh, search for a barbecue and you went out and you bought one, but unfortunately you were pounded with ads for the next two weeks, three weeks on barbecues. Sure. Well, how many barbecues can you buy in a given period of time? But mm-hmm. if you search shoes, you kept getting these shoes ads and sure. maybe that's more practical. I don't know.
1: But now all you have to do is talk about it. You don't even have to buy it. And if you have a smartphone, it's listening to you and you're getting the shoe ads and the barbecue ads and whatever else happens to be coming out of your mouth.
0: So. Well, that's right. And in fact, the, is, as you mentioned Uh, On your phone, if you're one of those folks, like my wife is, that uses a microphone to convert her voice Mm -hmm. to text, Mm -hmm. it's very interesting. Most, a lot of people do. And what's interesting is that's AI, people don't realize, it learns your diction, right, how you pronounce words. It also learns uh, words that you use that others don't. Now, sometimes that's common names that are in your contact list, and it has the ability in the time you speak to be able to search all of those, if you will, all of those keys to actually spell correctly a uh, common name that maybe uh, most people wouldn't be able to spell on their own anyway, so. Yeah, that's, so that's AI. And there's been a rage lately about something called ChatGPT. And uh, ChatGPT is a, a rather sophisticated next level step in AI where people can actually uh, go to it. It's called gpt.opensourceai.com. And you can set up a free account. And basically, you ask it questions. It learns questions. Uh, what kind of questions you're asking and it learns from that and knows how to search. I think Nancy, you've looked at other AI sites that maybe are more practical from a b- biblical standpoint, whether they're accurate or not, Oh
1: yeah, I can't wait to talk about that, but we'll save we'll save that discussion. We'll, we'll put a pin in that and talk about that later.
0: All right, good. So what is ChatGPT? So ChatGPT is a really, really controversial site at this point, because what they found is, for example, I had a a colleague of mine that was putting together a business plan and he asked several questions of ChatGPT. And in a matter of about an hour and a half, he had a a full blown business plan right up that probably would have taken him two to four weeks.
1: Yeah, just press the button, right? Just just click and there it is.
0: Pretty powerful, right? And so in this podcast, we want to talk about the good ways to use this kind of technology. And so I played with it a little bit and I asked some difficult questions like, What is the biblical doctrine of election? Yeah. So this is what it returned. The biblical doctrine of election is a theological concept found in both the Old and New Testaments in the Bible. It refers to God's sovereign choice or selection of individuals, groups, or nations for a particular purpose or destiny. The idea of election highlights God's initiative in choosing and calling people rather than being solely based on their own merits or actions. In the Old Testament, election is often connected to God's covenant relationship with Israel, God chose the nation of Israel as his special people and entered into a covenant with them. This election was not based on Israel's superiority or righteousness, but was solely a result of God's grace and purpose. For example, in Deuteronomy 7, 6-8, it says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his trusted possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out of the mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery. In the New Testament the concept of election is expanded and applied to individuals. It emphasizes God's choice of individuals for salvation and participation in his redemptive plan through faith in Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul in his letters particularly explores the theme of election. For instance, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 Paul writes for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will. This passage indicates that God's choice and predestination of believers happened before the foundation of, world, of the world and is based on his love and purpose. It is important to note that the doctrine of election does not imply that God chooses some people for salvation and others for damnation without considering their response or faith. Rather, it highlights God's foreknowledge and sovereignty in choosing those whom he knows will respond to his grace and place their faith in Jesus Christ. Different Christian traditions interpret the doctrine of election in various ways, Some emphasize God's sovereignty and unconditional election, highlighting that it is entirely God's choice. Others emphasize human responsibility and free will, asserting that God's election is based on his foreknowledge of individuals' responses to the gospel. Overall, the biblical doctrine of election is a complex theological concept that underscores God's sovereign choice in calling individuals, groups, or nations for his redemptive purposes. It highlights his grace, love, and foreknowledge in initiating and fulfilling his plan of salvation. I was very impressed. So then I asked, what is the biblical definition of justification? And it was equally impressive. And I said, okay, it got my attention. But I wanna make this practical. And as we're prone to do, we like to go to apply this and so how might one apply what we're talking about here using ai to benefit your ability to search scriptures and so i want to set a scenario where we're meant to be in scripture and read scripture nancy i know you do and i do as well
1: yes i do yes <laughs> i'm i'm pretty old school about it although i i have to say i do use my my bible on my phone quite a bit but i do have i do have that tactile hard copy I like to underline things and write.
0: Yeah. And I I must admit, I'm kind of, um, I probably have any number of hard copy Bibles, study Bibles, but uh, I'm pretty much locked in on using my phone or my iPad. So guilty as charged in that regard. So uh, a while back, I read, I was in the book of Acts and you come to chapter five and you read about this guy, Gamaliel. What struck me about Gamaliel is he was a wise leader of Judaism, a Pharisee and a biblical scholar, if you will. He was the kind of guy people turned to, to be trained. He was a mentor for people and so forth. And he says something very interesting in chapter 5, 33 through 35. The, the big, the big balihu at that point was Pentecost had come. Peter, John, and all the disciples had received the Holy Spirit, and they went out preaching throughout Jerusalem. And it upset the religious sect. It, it it upset the, the Jewish hierarchy, and they tried to arrest Peter and arrest John. And you know the story, Nancy. Um, I, that they, yeah, I do. Yeah, they they got. Um, they got beaten they got told not to preach anymore and what was their response
1: oh by if, if i'm remembering correctly it was we must obey god rather. we
0: must obey god right yeah uh, yep. as oh. the whether we must obey man or god we will obey god right yep. and so yep. they bring them before the sanhedrin a second time and gamaliel's there and they say Basically, we're not going to quit. So they throw them out and discuss it amongst themselves. And Gamaliel says something really important. He says, you know, there's been a lot of people who have come through here and tried to create some cult and all of them failed. And the, the leaders of these cults came and went and they died. And so Gamaliel's advice was, look, if these guys are just like those guys, this is going to die a fiery death long before we know it. And if not, and it's of God, there'll be nothing that we can do to, to stop it. Right. Then we read in chapter 22, Paul mentions that he was trained by Gamaliel. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of said to myself, you know, this is interesting. This guy, Gamaliel, what's he about? So I turned to chat GPT and I asked, what's the history of Gamaliel of the New Testament? is what it returned. Gamaliel is an important figure mentioned in the New Testament of the Bible. He was a highly respected Jewish teacher and scholar during the first century AD. Although the New Testament does not provide an extensive biography of Gamaliel, his significance lies in his interactions with the early Christian community, particularly in the book of Acts. According to Acts chapter 5 verses 34 through 40, Gamaliel's story is connected to a specific event involving the apostles Peter and John after Jesus' death and resurrection. The apostles were performing miraculous healings and preaching about Jesus, which caused concern among the Jewish religious leaders. These leaders, known as the Sanhedrin, arrested the apostles and put them on trial. During the trial, Gamaliel, being a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, spoke up and advised caution. He referenced two previous movements led by Messianic claimants Thaddeus and Judas Galilean. Gamaliel pointed out that both of these movements had eventually dissipated and had no lasting impact. He suggested that if the apostles' movement was merely human in origin, it too would eventually fade away. But if it was divine in origin, opposing it would be futile and even hazardous. Gamaliel's advice prevailed and the apostles were released without facing severe punishment at that moment. His speech demonstrates a level of tolerance and wisdom among the Jewish religious leaders regarding the growing Christian movement. Though the New Testament does not provide more details about Gamaliel's life, historical records indicate that he was a renowned Jewish rabbi. Some sources refer to him as Gamaliel the Elder to distinguish him from his grandson, also named Gamaliel. He is said to have been the son of Rabbi Simeon ben Halal, making him part of the famous Halal school of thought. Gamaliel played a significant role in Jewish religious circles and considered one of the great Pharisaic sages of his time. He's also recognized as, For being the teacher of Saul of Tarsus, who later became the Apostle Paul, a prominent figure in the spread of Christianity. Overall, Gamaliel's appearance in the New Testament provides a glimpse of the complex interactions between early Christians and the Jewish religious authority of that time, as well as the respect he commanded as a respected teacher and leader in his community. He was there for most of Paul's ministry, and what I find interesting about that is he was a mentor and trained Paul, and Paul was not good to the early Christians, was he?
1: Not so very much, no. he, Yeah, he didn't dig them. He wanted to get rid of them.
0: Yeah, and of course, we find out in chapter 9 of Acts that Jesus confronts him on the road to Damascus and from that point on we know paul's life his ministry and i found gamaliel interesting to me because i guess i never looked at it until i looked started looking into his life using ai to find out more about him and he actually seems to me to be an interesting bridge even though he's mentioned just twice in the bible in acts that here he was a voice of reason with the Sanhedrin as it relates to Peter and John and the whole idea of Christianity. And in fact, he had a connection as a mentor to this guy who really we learn about throughout the second half of Acts. And so all to say, if you're reading scripture, and we should, and you come across itch, Interesting things that don't make sense or that you want to learn more about doing research on a specific subject adds context and we've talked about the importance of context in earlier podcasts and how does that the idea of gaining greater context help you in your scripture reading Nancy
1: oh I, I think it helps immensely because you, you know you can cherry pick, say, oh, this is my favorite verse. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Um, or uh, what's the one everybody loves to quote, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Um, for I know the plans I have for you, uh, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And that that's thats an excellent example of lack of context because you hear people quote that and it's like, yes, God does have great plans for you, plans. He doesn't want to harm you. He does want to prosper you. But let's zoom out a little bit and see what's <laughs> going on there, Right. Why did God say that? And, and what was happening when he said that? Well, he's, he's telling them, hey, I'm about to exile you into Babylon for 70 years because you've not been behaving. You've not been good. You've, worse, you've not been trusting me. So bad times are coming for you people, but I know the plans I have for you and they're good plans. So I, I think that's an excellent example of why context is so important.
0: It is a great example. And isn't it important that sometimes when we're doing readings, we just sort of gloss over names or we gloss over uh, circumstances or settings. And sometimes we can have a much richer understanding of the scripture if we maybe stop and take some time to say what was going on at that time. Right right yeah. and, and not
1: just in the scriptures that you know not just in that story like my example of like zooming out and reading that that whole chapter but historically what was going on uh you know just just in terms of of how they lived their lives or you know geographically all the things that that would have impacted them in that time
0: that's right and so that is a really really good way that you can utilize Something like chat gbt and and AI and and I say it this way: if we have to go research that when you went and researched that relative to Jeremiah and wanted to really understand the context of what that what that was, uh, what did it mean during the Babylonian captivity, probably took you a little while to to dig down and understand that, didn't it?
1: well, yeah, because i like I said i'm an old school girl, so um so chat GPT has not been around for most of my life. So it's just it was really listening at the feet of of uh, of many teachers over over years, over decades and and reading the scripture myself and not just reading that passage, but understanding it in context of of the rest of scripture. So so you gain and you glean historical facts and uh culture facts and you know, you, you just learn things over time. and it's a time consuming process and then other books and other teachers so all these things that inform
0: that's right right. so yeah yeah and so for the for for the general public that we find ourselves as nowadays where everything is compressed time is short right um that we we always want the quick answer actually ai can be a tool for us to give us exactly that quick answer And then if we want to go deeper, great. But at least now we have the context of, in this case, your example, the Babylonian captivity, what it really meant, uh, leading up to it, why God felt a need to chastise his people. He never left Israel, right? He loves Israel. It is his chosen people. Right. Um, But they needed that. And we don't always think we need things like that. But all to say that as we read scripture, the more we can understand contextually what was going on at that time, or who are some of these historic figures in the Bible can be very helpful for us to understand or better understand the scripture that we read.
1: Sure. So, Yeah. And, you know, I think you make an excellent point so chat gpt slash ai right and there's there's literally thousands maybe by now hundreds of thousands of different uh uh sites like applications for ai and chat gpt just being one of them as powerful as it is they're tools it's a tool yes. just like the strong's concordance is a tool just like all the bible commentaries just like all the podcasts and all that you know all the teachers all these things, and you use, use the term compressed. So that's, to me, that's that's what AI is. It's not really anything new in the sense of, oh, now we have these tools to help us understand. No, it's it's a tool like everything else. And in fact, it's derived its information from all of these, these books and sources, right? And the authorities, because it didn't come out of thin air. Somebody had to do the work, but it's, quote, done the work for us, compress it. So it's a time saver, right? So now I don't have to spend decades sitting at the feet of Gamaliel to learn about Gamaliel, <laughs> right? Now I can just, oh, here, I'm going to put it in the, in the, in the search engine. And there it is. There's my answer. So that's the good news is that we can get quick answers. It, it saves time. It saves resources, right? It saves money. Now i don't have to buy all these books because it's right there.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I think that's the key. It is simply a tool. And as such, we really have to understand that we can't give it too much weight. And uh, we can't give it too much authority. But we can use it as a tool, as you say, Nancy, and I think that's great. And as as we look to uh, Scripture, you know, In past podcasts, we've talked about using these tools to go find answers to our circumstance. And today, we've really talked about a different way to use these tools, which is to say, as we're in scripture, as we're called to do, to to read the Bible purposefully, we can still use these tools in another way, which is, as we've said, to bring context to the things we've read. And having said that, we're going to spend some time in the next podcast talking about being careful
1: mm.
0: when it comes to these tools, right?
1: Right. Because, you know, hey, the best tool is only as good as the hands that use it, right? That's, so, that, yeah.
0: Yeah. A, hammer, and it,
1: a saw, a screwdriver can be very helpful or they can be very dangerous.
0: Yeah, and it's all the more so with technology, right? Because right. in a way, it's also um, is only as useful as the people who've designed it, right?
1: That's exactly right. So yeah, I can't wait to get into that. Yeah, because I got yeah. stuff to say about that, but I'll I'll hold my tongue until that conversation.
0: Yeah. So, um, with that in mind, uh, I think this is a good place to uh, stop and. Um, just as a teaser to to the audience, we want to get into the other side of AI and technology, and uh, just to make sure that uh, while we see these great things and very promising things coming out of these tools, right, Nancy?
1: Right, uh, right, right. <laughs> we
0: we also have to be very very open, keep our eyes open, and just be. Aware that um, uh, tools can always be used in a beneficial way, but we also have to be careful for the other side, right?
1: That's exactly right. And I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, Nancy, thanks so much for uh, being a part.
1: Hey, thanks, Bob. Looking forward Bye. to the next one.
0: Me too. Well, there you have it. We've enjoyed our conversation today and hope that you feel more equipped to examine Scripture to find what God has to say about the important circumstances you're facing in your life. Until next time, examine the Scripture, drink from the Word of Life, and let the Bible feed your spirit.